All right, Inappropriate Earl is back, and uh, this is a big, big episode. It's uh, I'm a little nervous right now because I have a one-round special event battle tonight, but uh, that's another podcast. It's time Daddy gets back in the ring. But my guest on my couch today, I've had a lot of great roast battlers on this show. I've had uh, Olivia Grace. I've had uh, a who's who of uh, who is roast battle. Omid Singh. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm such a fan of roast battle. But today I've got the champ is here, not Mike Lawrence. There's two champs. It's very much like pro wrestling right now. There's the the nationwide, uh, worldwide champ, and then there's the L.A. champ. And this is uh, possibly roast battle history. You have uh, number one being interviewed by number two. Oh, yeah. So uh, please put your hands. A lot of people are psyched to hear what the champ says. Put your hands together for the one, the only, one of the good dudes in comedy, not just roast battle. Alex Hooper. Hello, everyone. And you and your last battle. You know, I thought my entrances were unique and uh, different, but your last battle, the, the entrance set the standard. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I just wanted to, uh, I, I got to this point where I've battled as myself so many times and done so many different kinds of entrances. And I just, I got to this point where I was play i wanted to play a character and i just kind of got to i was like i don't care what anyone thinks i can do whatever i want so i'm gonna do whatever i want and i'm gonna put on a um, skin tight metallic fur romper with tights and a light up tail and i'm gonna just embody everything that i am when i'm outside of like comedy which is just a full-on weirdo and people, people, you know, some people said like, that wasn't you, that wasn't fair. That wasn't you battling. And I was like, honestly, that's closer to me than most of you ever get to see. <laughs> like that's, that's what I like to be. I like to just be just this, you know, mystical creation, basically a whimsical creature, if I may. Oh, you were, uh, and it wasn't just your entrance. It was really the whole battle. You stayed in character completely. I had to at that point. I mean, if I if I had just come out there and been myself, but wore that outfit, it just would it would have been it wouldn't have worked. It would have been very embarrassing. And uh, yeah, I mean, if thing is, if I had lost in that outfit, everyone would have called me an idiot. Everyone would have been like, "Well, that was why'd you do that? That was dumb." But because I wanted it, instead, you know, it uh, it was a little. Some people, a lot of people liked it. Some people thought it was a little controversial. Controversial, uh, but you know, there's no rules. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, I think you and I are, are probably uh, the two best known for our entrances for sure. That win. I mean, there's other uh, battlers who uh, have these wild entrances and then they don't have the jokes. Right. Yeah. No, we, we can, that's the thing is we can back it up. And I knew if I wore an outfit like that, uh, I would have to have amazing jokes. And, uh, so I made sure that I liked everything I had written and that I would, it was good enough to stand on its own. And then just in, I just, you know, for me, I just wanted to do something different and I wanted to change my approach because when I do roast battle, I'm very aggressive and that's not who I am as a person. So I don't think it's a good representation of of me whereas that I was just silly and uh it just gave me so much more growth as as a performer to be able to do something completely different than my than my normal and you were up against the amazing Pat Barker yes who Pat Barker is a brilliant writer and uh 
Yeah, he just, you know, he talked a lot of smack at the beginning. He called you out right bef- before we even started battling. Which I thought was... Uh, <laughs> it was a bold move. It was insane to knowing the battle he had coming with you to challenge me uh, to basically his first title defense. I was like, wow, that's pretty confident. Yeah, he, uh, and then the, I was just standing in the back just thinking like, oh, he has no idea what's about to happen. He has absolutely no idea. And it was beautiful to be able to come out knowing what I had planned uh, and just knowing that I could get him. Um, you know, that's the thing is like, I didn't, the fact that he's already like, after I win this one, I was like, already like, that's a little fast. I, my thing is I go into every roast battle expecting to lose. Um, and I, I, I go into everyone going, all right, this is the one where somebody beats you. It's, you know, it's going to happen at some point, any given Tuesday and your jokes are good. Just, just put on a good show. It doesn't matter. And I go into every battle thinking that way. And, um, Luckily, it usually makes me work harder, and I usually come out on the other side. Well, I think you have to go into uh, the best battlers. I think you, Mike Lawrence. Uh, I mean, to hear Mike Lawrence tell me the other day, I'm, I'm battling this guy in New York. Uh, I'm expecting to lose. It's like, Jesus, dude, you're like the best. I mean, you're like the, the world champion. Uh, yeah. So but if it, he thinks like that, anyone else should think like that. It's true, though, because, I mean, the thing is, is that you don't know what's coming. Like, you can be really good at a game and still lose sometimes. Like, uh, you know, the best will always lose. And if you and if you go into it with thinking, like, I'm going to crush this person, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to annihilate, then a lot of the times you're actually underestimating what this person could really do to you. And I don't underestimate anybody. I think every I, I will only battle you if I think you can beat me, if I'm sure you can beat me. Beat me, and everyone I've ever battled has had a very good chance at beating me. Um, luckily, most of them haven't. Uh, but you know, I like I like what I've become as a battler. I like I like that I'm getting more silly with it, and I like my how my writing has changed. I uh, I think you should. All, I, it's I'm terrified before everyone. Are you terrified before everyone? I'm petrified tonight, and it's a five joke one rounder. Uh, Those are even scarier to me than main events. Well, because there's no uh, room for error. Exactly. Like, one joke bombs, especially early. You're fucked. Yeah, and you're and you're like me. You write a lot of jokes, and so then you're sitting there looking at sixty jokes when you get to choose five, and you're like, well, what are my best five? Yeah, and I mean, you really don't know. You don't know until you tell them. Uh, like, which is the most scary part? Like against. Uh, Jimmy Carr, I thought the joke that would win me the battle bombed on on TV. Like, yeah. just more, I was like, literally, not not even a sound of anything. It's just dead silence. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's such a harsh feeling because you you drop. I go, in, I drop every joke like it's a grenade, expecting it to explode. And sometimes there's just nothing, and you're like, oh, well in my mind that was going to blow up the whole room and you guys were going to carry me out like Rudy on your shoulders. And then instead you're just standing there with nothing. I just remember when I wrote that joke with Omid, we were in the hotel room dancing, literally hugging each other going, this is the joke that wins us the battle. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, uh, almost cost me the battle. It's so crazy how that happens sometimes. Cause you can tell, 10 people this joke and everyone's like that's amazing that's so funny and then you draw and then you tell to an audience and nothing and i think maybe a lot of times we think too much as comics and not enough as 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 audience members a lot of times i'll write a joke and i'm like is this is this too easy like to me it's really funny but is it too simple and a lot of times like you kind of 
you don't know what the audience is going to do. Sometimes they need just the easy lay it right in front of them. Like, here's my cards. And other times you can really do something very smart and, you know, just kind of weave your way into something a little backwards and then they still get it. Um, so that's, the you know, you never know what you're getting with that audience. Sometimes you'll see a person like do a Middle Eastern joke about bombing and it gets nothing because we've heard them a million times. And sometimes somebody tells that joke and it explodes and you just like, what you guys, what, come on, aren't we better than that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it also depends where you go in the, in the evening. If, if the crowd's tired, if, if, uh, the battle before you bombed or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many variables in that room. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's getting harder and harder to go to, to be the headlining battle, to be the main event, just because at this point you're following seven or eight other battles. The audience is beat. You got to, you know, and you got to be that much better. And if you're only a little bit better, then they just seem like, well, why did we wait for this? Why is this the be Why is this the one we've been waiting for? Yeah. I mean, last week there were nine, I think 10, 10 battles and three, three more were on the books. Yeah. Uh, I mean, me and Benji uh, were supposed to battle last week, but he got sick. Uh, so I, a 13 battle night, that's, uh, it would have been too much. I mean, I, I didn't even make it through all 10 before I had to go. Well, like, I mean, I peaked, uh, doing the hating thing. I was like, oh, it's six, first six battles. I was pretty funny. And then yeah. I was like, uh, I got dump Moses. Don't go to me. Man. Yeah. I always like, I got nothing. Just, just pass it off, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, but luckily the, the battles were all pretty good. So, uh, yeah. You have a very sweet dog, by the way. I, I Pictures are being taken right now, put on the Ethernet. Uh, Lois is back uh, in the house. So it's a special uh, inappropriate role with, with the roast battle champ, Alex Hooper. Yeah, she's just leaning. She's just leaning right against me, just snuggling in. Yeah, I mean, she's bitten two people in my home before, uh, both during UFC fights. <laughs> she's being influenced then. I believe Lois was kicked as a uh, dog before I got her. And so uh, Jeff Danis, who is an amazing, uh, he wants to get in the roast battle ring and he would, uh, why doesn't he, he should, he's, uh, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's part of the Danish and O'Neill, uh, comedy team, but, uh, both I, you know, that's the thing I love about roast battle is, uh, I think the show works still three years in because of the new blood for sure. In. Yeah. You got to You got to constantly change it up and find new people and find people that, you know, it, this is one of those things that I never, I never knew I would be good at this. This is not my style. I didn't want to be mean to anybody. And then the first time I did it, it was so exhilarating. Uh, and I never wanted to do it again, but was immediately challenged uh, uh, that same night. And I took it because I was like, well, I, I need more time at the comedy store. And it's really it's it, the, the, the fact that it's become my claim to fame around there is hilarious to me because like I it's you know, it's my way of getting out my negativity. Like we're all comics. We all think terrible things all the time. Horrible, dark, dark thoughts. And this is my way of getting them out in a forum and a platform that is allowing it and encouraging it. And so I never feel the need to be mean outside of there. <laughs> well, it is. Uh, I think you and I are a lot alike. Like, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I always feel connected with you. Like we're both kind of semi weird looking dudes. We both love. Dogs. Oh, you're a gorgeous man. Stop that right now. I mean, yeah, but you're a hot looking dude, too. And I try my best, you know, but we embrace our uh, 
not flaws, but uh, you know, no, they are. I, I think that's an okay word to use. I think we are irregularities are like, we're not trying to, you know, like, yeah, I have eczema. I have bad skin, but I make fun of it. Come at me with it. Looking at you. I don't see it. Like it's not nearly as bad as it used to be because I've been on medication for the past year and a half. And so what's really funny is everyone always makes bad skin jokes. And I think they bounce off me a little bit harder than they used to. Uh, just because people are looking like you make fun of my face. Like, Oh, you look like a burn victim. And people are like, he does. You, uh, right. Oh, I guess he's a little red. Okay. You know, but the jokes don't work as well as they used to. You got to hit me in other ways at this point, which is why you always need new blood. Cause it's like the skin jokes on you, the age jokes on me. The yeah. Kennedy jokes. Uh, I mean, I've battled 15 times. 10 of them have been main events, which means that's over a hundred jokes about, about me. Like you got to get super creative. I look forward to what people say at this point. Yeah. Like, well, I try and sucker them into the age jokes. Like, yeah. I think I don't, I mean, do you try and sucker them into, okay, do a skin joke. Cause I'm going to have 25 rebuttals. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I just expect those to be coming and then I have something ready. I always have at least one or two ready to go. Like have a hair rebuttal, have a skin rebuttal, um, have just a, a basic, your comedy sucks rebuttal. Um, Cause you know, I think those are underrated jokes. I think a lot of people, they only go for surface level stuff. If you really want to hurt someone roast battle, tell them they suck as a comedian. Like, That's what those are the ones that hurt the most. It's so funny. You said that because, uh, Brendan Lynch, I saw him the other night at 7-Eleven. Yeah. And, uh, that's another dude I wish would do it again. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. He's a fucking uh, animal. And I'm like, how do you uh, go about your roasting? He's like, you don't go for the obvious. Right. You tell them they suck as a comic. Yeah. Because that will hurt their soul. Yeah. I think it's I think it's good to start with the obvious so the audience can kind of ease into it a little bit and get the surface level stuff out of the way. And then after that, then you really go in on stuff that's really wrong with them. And I really I won't I, I try to not go too low. Like I, I've said a couple things in roast battle that I really regret saying. Um, not I, me. Not you. No, of course not. But after the at the time, I was like, I thought it was right. The right thing to do. And then the next next day i just didn't feel good about it anymore so now my thing is if i don't feel good about it then i'm not going to do it so i don't want to bring up people's dead relatives or you know miscarriages or any of that stuff like i just you know there's just certain things that i wouldn't want people i don't want people bringing that stuff about about me either so I just kind of, I try to just hit them more of just like uh you suck as a person and you're ugly as fuck and let's do this yeah, I mean, I'm getting that way. There was something I was going to do tonight to Benji that I I know would have, I know would have fucked with his head a lot. But at the end of the day, I love him, so I was like, I just can't do that. Man. Yeah, I'm. This, the thing is, like, you know, I've had I've had a couple really good friends ask me to roast battle, and I I roast battle a lot of my friends, but never someone that I'm really really close to. And I just said no. I was like, I was like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to spend that much time thinking negatively about you. Like that's not good for our relationship. I couldn't believe last week when a father and son battled like I was like what do you what do you expect this to do <laughs> there's no good that can come of this yeah I mean I the minute that happened and he the first joke was about how ugly the dad is and then the kid's a bad son yeah the kid's got a small dick I'm like what are you guys doing to each other this is not gonna like you know I've been through something similar with that I've roasted two girlfriends at yeah. the time yeah. And both times we broke up within 
I think a month. Yeah, it's I don't understand how you wouldn't because that stuff is always even though like you it's an agreed upon uh situation that you're going into to say these things, you're still it's going to resonate with you Absolutely. in the back in the, in the back of your mind. You're going to think about that stuff from now on. Oh, it did. I mean, with Olivia uh, Don Barris, uh, the legend of the comedy store, he's like, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, oh, man, it's fine. We we didn't tell each other the jokes, but we were like, hey, you know, I, I might do jokes about this particular subject. Is that cool? And oh, yeah. And she, hey, I'm going to joke about your parents dying two months apart. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, and it's just... <laughs> Yeah, no. It, all of a, all of a sudden, your entire dynamic ch- as a couple changes. It did, and you know, it's not obvious. And I think with the father and the son from last week, at some level, it will be like, oh, you think I'm a shitty dad? Uh, you know, yeah, it's fun in the moment. But there will be some uh, after effect, I bet. From those things hurt like they really that's why I I can do it with people that I'm friends with, but no one that I'm really, really close to because I don't it will it will come back like, you know, I there's times when I still see people that have made a joke about me that really like got me to my bones. And I still when I look at them, that's the first thing I think about. Oh, yeah. Remember when you said that? I'm like, ugh. You know, and then that's what I think about first. And if I did that with someone I was in a relationship with, yeah, no that was good. a big mistake. Uh, probably uh, one of the few roast battle regrets I have. Uh, we all have a few. You got to have a few in this. In, the, in this, like, I mean, in all of your comedy, you're going to have a few things that you're like, I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I talked about that. I can't believe I did that. And you just don't know any better. And you have to. So much of comedy is just taking chances and trying to go outside of your comfort zone. And so a lot of times you're going to do something, and then you're like, you know what? I that was. I looking back, I shouldn't have done that. But how are you supposed to know? Well, you know, you love it's a it's definitely an adrenaline rush. The show, so it's like when I'm up there, it's like I'll say things I never would say in real life. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, but it is uh, quite the adrenaline rush. And uh, <laughs> I mean, when a joke goes well there, it's like a sexual high. I mean, oh, completely. You've never. I tell people all the time. I'm like, you've never had a laugh like that. You never. People have laughed at your jokes before in comedy clubs. People might have laughed really hard. People might have clapped. They've never banged on the walls and started screaming, "Oh shit! Yeah. Oh my god!" Yeah. Like that's never happened in one of your shows. You're not Martin Lawrence. I mean, it is a pro wrestling type of reaction when a joke. I think that's what people need to like, like it is, I, I'm not, I'm not, I've never really been a fan of pro wrestling or anything like that. It's just, I just never got into it. I never had somebody get me into it, but I, I really understand that like, this is, it's just entertainment. Like it's all just entertainment. And when I was wearing that costume during the battle and you know, it was just like, the whole point of the show is to entertain. So yeah, two guys in t-shirts going at each other is fine, but what if you can up the ante and make it more exciting and make, and the show's already a fucking circus. You know, there's already so much craziness that happens. We got Boone in there every single week. (laughs) Won't even change his tune. Oh, when he put the makeup on the teeth and just looks like he's been fucking embalmed uh, with his, uh, I don't know who does his uh, base makeup, but uh, it's uh, I think he does it. So that explains everything. I think I forget who said it one time. Tina Turner off. Like, yeah. I think <laughs> Jeff Ross. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, where else? Any other comedy club in the world? Boon Shakalaka would not be allowed in. It's you know, I love that about the comedy store is they're like, oh, are you a weirdo that doesn't fit in anywhere? We'll, we'll take you. We'll take oh, you. It's the best club on earth. And I, I love the improv. And I, I mean, I can't say I love the Laugh Factory, but like, you know, it's a nice club. And, you know, the Ice House is awesome. Yeah. 
but the comedy store is just magical and you know rogan just his presence around the club and he loves roast battle oh yeah he's one of my favorite i mean that's the thing is like any given night you're just watching so many of your favorite people it's just so it's you know that's why like i never take anything for granted because i just i feel so privileged that i get to be there i mean it's a magical time you know it'll never be like the 80s again just because there's you know the internet and just more comedy options but but at the same time like it's not going to be but we're in a, we're in a boom of our own right now where yeah. where there's more work than there ever has been before like and the thing is i always like people always tell me like do you have a vision board do you have like this and i'm like no because i don't know every time i think i'm going to get something i get something completely different and i never know where my career is going to take me so i'm just very excited for whatever the future holds and i like work towards things but like i never get the things i'm going to i think i'm going to get a couple weeks ago i was up for a national commercial and a writing job and both of them i was like please just let me get one of these things, just one of these things would be great. I didn't get either of them, but that same day I booked a TV show that I didn't even audition for. So I was just, I was like, I, that wasn't even a thing at the beginning of the day. And now I got that instead. So I just like, I just released all my expectations and I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to just keep working hard and being nice and just, you know, try to just get as good as I can get. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, when one door, it sounds like a Fucking Tony Robbins, you know, bullshit. Uh, but when one door closes, uh, you know, it's like even for me. That bullshit works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Comedy Central said, hey, you know, we're not going to have the hater on TV. I was bombed out. Yeah. I was fucking, you know, upset. And then it was like, well, can you roast? Yeah. So and the answer and the answer is yes, because then you really get to show your skills as a performer. The hater just, you know, the hater is a great character for you, but you don't get to just like come out in leather pants and yes. grease yourself up and, be, you know, just be be the personality that you're meant to be. I mean, like that's the that's the coolest part is like we can show like who we are as people. And that's what me doing in the doing in that costume was. It's like, look, when I'm outside of here. I'm a whack job. Like I'll just, I'll do whatever I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do it. I'll eat mushrooms and run around a festival wearing no shirt and crate and, and leggings and just do cartwheels all over the place. And that's, that's what I do, but it's hard to do that. And it's, I, I never thought I could do that in there. Cause like, I was like, it's the comedy store. I can't go in there wearing this. And then I said, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, you can, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, that's, what's awesome about roast battle is it takes, uh, you know, I don't want to say rejects in the comedy community, but like people who, you know, probably would not get a lot of love if it was just straight comedy in terms of their experiences. But, you know, they come to Roast Battle and like someone like Lou Varum. Yeah. I think that, is that how you say his last name? Varum, Varum I think. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Lou, Lou Varum. But like someone like that is now like a Roast Battle, I don't know if star is the right word, but a Roast Budding Battle. Budding star, yeah. You know, after his uh, interludes with Tony Hinchcliffe a few weeks ago. But like, that's what's awesome. Like, you know, guys like you and me who weren't like necessarily uh, getting love at the comedy clubs are now like, you know, hey, that's the Roast Battle champ. Yeah, like, I mean, I really like, I, I, I stayed away from the comedy store for the first five years I did stand up because I just thought I wasn't ready to go there yet. And when I, I was like, I, when I go there, I want to be able to make a little bit of a splash and I want to be able to already be good enough to stand on my own feet and not go up there and just eat it. And so I did, I just ran around the rest of the city for five years doing all the big alt, alt shows and stuff like that. And then when I felt like I was really ready, then I started going to the store more because I knew I could just 
I, I wouldn't have to, you know, a lot of my groundwork had already been laid and I already knew a lot of the guys that were working there and stuff. So I knew I could get more time and roast battle was my way to prove like, look, I can write, I can perform like, and then because of that, I started getting actual spots and that's, you know, that was like my way in there. You know, sometimes I see, see people that are brand new to comedy that want to do roast battle and it's not, you know, I'm not saying I'm not knocking anybody who wants to do it, but I think the reason I'm successful at it is because I was already a decent comic. Like I already knew how to be a comic. I already knew how to, you know, write full sets and go up and perform. And I think performing is, is everything, is everything. The writing, writing is is a big part of it, but you can deliver with confidence, a shitty joke and beat someone who has great jokes just because, you know, they, uh, you just, you outperform. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is somewhat about entertaining the crowd. I mean, confidence, man. I mean, confidence. it is a joke writing showcase to a degree, but uh, you know, if it was just a joke writing showcase completely, you know, you, you would just sit there at a podium and go, uh, "Okay, Alex Hooper looks like blah blah blah." Right, and or, that's. I mean, the day, the first time I ever did it without notes, I was like, "Oh, this is so much more fun!" Like, who wants to look at notes right now? Like, and I think it started. It started to be a standard. If you're gonna be, if you want to do this, and you really want to do it, you shouldn't need notes, especially for like, especially for like one rounders. Like, you know, it's. I think you, you go up there and know your jokes and be on and be prepared. Like when I go into a one rounder, I have like eight jokes, and I know which four I'm basically going to do, but I don't know what order I have a, a, a layout, but I don't know what I'm actually going to do. I just have them ready. If they say this, then I can use this one. If they say right. this, I can use this one. And I just go off the fly. Cause as soon as I feel this about any set, if soon as you look at your notes, the audience is gone. You lost them. Especially like when I watch people in an open mic, just like flipping through their phone going, what else, what else, what else? we're dead. You're dead. The only person that can pull that off is Jamar. And I still don't know how he does it, but he's the only person that it can take start a set by looking at his phone. And I'm, I'm intrigued and just illuminated by whatever he's about to say. And I don't know how he's pulled it off. Cause he's the only person on the planet that I don't have a problem with looking at their phone. I mean, I would say Jamar and maybe Jimmy Carr. Cause yeah. that's part of his, uh, yeah. But know. look what that did for him. Huh? I mean, you know, he had probably the better jokes. I mean, uh, but it is easier to, uh, you know, I fumbled the words, my last joke against him. I would have loved to have just been reading it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't sure. have, you know, and it was one small mistake. I meant to say, uh, movements and I said moments. Yeah. I, but you know, fuck, I was nervous that night. So <laughs> yeah. How could you not be man? I mean, that's like, you know, that was a, that's television is, is scary. <laughs> Roast battles already terrifying. Um, knowing that there's cameras there, it only, for me, it actually only it ups the ante a little bit. Like I've done road to roast battle, uh, a couple times now. And if, for me, I forget that the cameras are there cause it's already such a terrifying thing to be doing that adding the cameras barely intensifies it yeah. at all for me. But obviously you're on a big, you know, you're on a big stage. That's the first season and you're in Montreal at the biggest comedy festival in the world. You got everyone is sitting in the balcony watching you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's pretty intense. It was petrifying. Uh, I mean, it, in the live finale against Tiana, she told me to go first. Yeah, I, I didn't hear her. Like, I like, like, I was. Yeah, you're just. Yeah, I mean, are you ever? Are you ever not nervous before you get on stage? I'm nervous. I'm nervous every week. I do. Uh, the me too. Table. Uh, I'm. You know, 
The only, you know, I, I, here's my, I, I use this as I, I like, I like being nervous cause it shows that you care. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I met this guy once in Arizona, I was playing a club and he was going up before me and I was we talking about if you ever get nervous, he goes, I never get nervous. And I was like, really never. It was like, you know, he's like, no, nope, never get nervous. He went up there and ate shit. And after he got off stage, I was like, you weren't nervous about that. <laughs> you should have been real nervous about that because like but like he just didn't care at all and i was just like i was like that's the big difference i do care i care whether it's three people in open mic or a thousand people at the regent theater like it doesn't make a difference to me like i'm terrified yeah well i mean especially with roast battle um oh shit uh you know the stakes are so high yeah you know now i mean there's you, agents and managers and you know uh, comedy central people in there every week now yeah so, they're watching uh, they're watching know. i um uh, i mean i watched somebody one time they said oh this guy's my hero chappelle was up there he's like chappelle's my hero i can't believe i get to do this and he had the worst 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 battle and i was like well that fucking sucks for you dude like you were unprepared you you weren't ready to do this he was like three months into comedy like he just and then he bombed in front of his hero and they made him walk out the back door they made him do one of those when they make you when they, it was it was so bad remember it was so it used to be so bad they made you go outside oh yeah I mean, <laughs> that, uh, was, that was what happened to him i remember that uh this is probably not the best way to describe her but i do forget her name uh she was a a larger black woman uh, when ashley barnhill just murdered this girl yeah oh uh, I, yeah or phenom or something yeah uh, phenom brown i think i think i'd never seen her and i've never seen her since well, i've never yeah. seen her before that and never seen her since but it was literally like that uh one football play uh who was it uh Bo Jackson kept running through the tunnel and he just never came back. <laughs> never came back. So goodbye, everybody. You are gone. Um, sorry, I don't know how to turn off my new iPhone, so sorry about the uh It's coming from multiple sources. I know. This is sorry guys. Very uh God, that, you know, this is live podcast. Uh so Yep. Then it's my I'm petting a dog, girl's phone is going off, you know. We got CNN in the background. It's, it's all Apple products in here. I've got uh, an iPad, an iPhone, and two MacBooks fired up. So, uh, you know, such is life. Uh, I'm a one-man show here. So, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen her since that night. Uh, Phenom Brown. And, no. Uh, you know, Ashley just murdered her and then... Uh, you know, being beaten in roast battle is different than a bomb. Like, it's just, it's different because they're not just, it's not just silence. People are laughing at you. It's, I mean, it's a real, it's a real humiliating feeling when, when a joke hits really hard on you and you don't have anything to come back with. You just feel completely defeated. Like, luckily, I mean, it's really never happened to me where I didn't have anything, but I've definitely had rounds and jokes that hit me where the audience went nuts and i was like i know i have nothing to come back from that right now yeah I remember, I remember i mean when rich slayton made a joke about how how my girlfriend heats me up in the bedroom she turns off the lights puts on some music and says beetlejuice 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 the audience lost their minds and i was just like i have nothing to come back to that right like that's i i just know i lost that round i know i did oh it's the worst feeling in the world uh, i think tiana hit me with uh you know i uh I think because of the age difference between me and Olivia, she had a joke about uh, child porn on my computer, and I just 
I just didn't have a comeback for it. Yeah, and that really hurts because then people that don't know any better are like, well, is that true? Is that true? Yeah. Is, this guy, is this guy a pedophile? This guy sucks. <laughs> this guy's a real sick fuck trying to make fun of this nice young girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, do you find it's harder to... Have you ever battled a girl? Only one. Or twice. Wait. Oh, yeah, twice. Olivia off at the Hammer Museum and uh, and Leah K. Janian. Um, I actually really liked battling a girl, battling, battling girls because I like... I mean, I already like being the underdog. You know, being the fact that the fact that I I'm the champion uh, the LA champion I'm always people always want to see me lose Absolutely. people hundred like they everybody wants to see me lose and uh, and against a girl spe- specifically I was like now they really want to see me lose and me and Leah had an awesome battle me and Olivia that one was that one was weird like I like her jokes were amazing um, but we were doing it you know at that museum and it was just not a good crowd <laughs> for what we were doing they I think they just thought I was a dick. Like, well, I th- yeah. I mean, the show uh, sometimes it translates awesome. Like, uh, you know, when we went to La Jolla, mm-hmm. you would think roast battle would not do well in La Jolla just because it's a kind of a upper yeah, crust beach crowd. Uh, but it killed. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you know, in the New York Comedy Festival, uh, the first year we did it, uh, it um, you know people loved it. But I, you know, it was in such a big, it was in the Gramercy Theater. I, I don't know if the energy translated. Yeah, it's like, what, 600 seats or something like yeah, that? It's huge. And it yeah. was standing room only. Uh, but then in Montreal, it totally translated. Like, it was like a pro wrestling Brock show. I mean, people loved it. Yeah. Um, so, but that, uh, I don't, I think it was like an alt festival, that Hammer uh museum show so yeah it was just it was a really quickly i mean it, the festival itself was really cool like it was quickly put together it was just a weekend of a bunch of different shows at this museum and we had a good amount of people there just they didn't necessarily know what roast battle was and i think a lot to them a lot of it we just looked like dicks like <laughs> absolutely and so we, they don't understand like no we're friends we're cool like olivia and olivia and i have nothing against each other despite what these jokes are saying like but you know, if people don't get it, they don't get it. And that's fine. Yeah, I definitely think the crowd was like, oh, do they really mean these things? And of course we don't. Like, you know, but uh, that's why the belly room shows are just, I think, the best because everyone knows everyone. Yeah, uh, everyone, everyone, everyone gets it. Everyone really gets it. I am much closer to every person I've ever roasted. I am way closer afterwards than I was before because I've spent so much time thinking about them. And I really do want the best for everybody, even though in the moment I do want to beat them. In the end, I just want the best for everybody. Like, I love seeing people get work from Roast Battle. That's great. That's amazing. Like, I've gotten writing jobs myself from it. And that's an amazing thing to be able to see somebody watch you write and perform these jokes that you wrote and then want to hire you to do more. Like, that's the coolest thing. You know, that's. You know, Pat Barker is the best success story we have out of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bill Simmons show, which was great. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's I think he was just flown to New York to write. Yeah, for for, for the, LeBron James mm-hmm, for uh, like the ESPYS or not the ESPYS, like what what are some one of those award shows. But either way, I mean, yeah, I mean that's he's getting to do combine his two favorite things, comedy, sports, and and just and go and have a field day with it. And that's so, and all that's because of roast battle. You know, that guy's he's been doing stand up for twelve years. You know, it's like yeah, I mean, you know, you you you, you pop 
stopped at 15. Ooh. Like, you know, there's times that it just, it just takes a long time, but you know, the one thing you stay in it, you don't quit. As long as you work hard and you're, and you're a little bit funny, everyone gets their due. Like everyone gets so. it. It's just sometimes it, it is going to take longer than expected. But I realized this year, I was like, it's not going to happen for me before it's supposed to. There's not going to be any shortcuts. So just, just, you know, stop expecting things and slow your roll and just enjoy everything that's happening. Enjoy that the six, enjoy, you know, every no is just going to make that yes feel that much better. And you're going to get a lot of no's. I remember in the first season of roast battle, like when, when we mostly me and a couple other guys mostly got cut. Like I only had one joke, make it in there. And like, uh, somebody, Keith Carey hit me up and was like, are you okay? And I was like, Oh yeah, I've been cut from a hundred things, man. I was, I was like, I know this is your first one. It's going to hurt, but you're going to get cut from a lot more things. <laughs> just, yeah. it, it doesn't take away the fact that you did it and you were chosen to do it. But I mean, I've been, I've been cut out of movies, sitcoms, commercials, like everything. And eventually you just get to the point when, you know, you just, it doesn't hurt anymore. You just, you just do it. You just keep doing things. Yeah. You know? I mean, you develop, uh, you have to develop uh, a thick skin and, yeah. You know, you know when people think like, oh, I, I got this pilot. They're going to make it. This is it. I'm set for life. And then the pilot doesn't go through. And they're like, well, what happened? What? It, don't worry about it, man. You made it. You made some. You got paid for it. People saw what you could do. Now go do something else. Like that wasn't the one. So go find something else to do. Yeah. I mean, I did a pilot in 2012 that they spent a half million dollars on, uh, you know, 3D uh, cameras, uh, you know, an amazing cast. Uh and uh, they never even uh, ended up pitching it. Yeah. Like it literally is to this day. Just people don't understand how much money these networks have. They just, you, they don't understand that they can spend millions upon millions of dollars on something and just trash it. And it never sees the light of day. That's yeah. That's just I the mean, end of it. Uh, I mean, look at roast battle. That's like the ultimate example of that. Like started off with two open micers at the time. Wanting to fist fight, there's three people in the room, and now it's on a second season, bigger than ever. Yeah, and probably gonna get bigger. Like I, I think it's only gonna keep getting bigger. And and Comedy Central, you know, for them, super cheap to produce, you know, and so it, that's you know, if you can get a ton of ratings with something that's really cheap to produce, then you you hit it. Like that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's really uh, simplicity at its finest. It's just you don't really need a lot. I mean, the stage they built in Montreal was unbelievable. Yeah, it looked really cool. Because uh, the first year, that room was literally just a kind of a vacuumous club. Yeah. You know, chairs in the middle. And so to see, like, this Mad Max, you know, Thunderdome type of uh, stage setup was, like, it was unbelievable. And, you know, and you know, now all of us are known to Comedy Central as comics. So there's, you know, I know a lot. Uh, submitted for half hours this year. They, yeah, for sure. You know, and they like to use a lot of the same people, you know, on all their shows. So it's like roast battle is the gift that keeps giving. It really, you know, that's, I, I've told that to Brian before about just like, look what you've done for so many people. Like this thing that you, that, you know, you helped create, you know, you know, there were a couple other factors in there, but Brian's one of the biggest, the, the biggest creator of it. But this thing is giving opportunities to so many people. Like almost at this point, like, I mean, upwards of a hundred people this, I mean, if you look at all the road to roast battle ones, they filmed this year and stuff like that. So many people are getting TV for the first, like big TV for the first time. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's just, that's the coolest. I mean, that's, I, I can't imagine what that feels like for him to just be getting all this work and notoriety for people. 
I mean, being able to put Comedy Central on your resume is what every comic dreams of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the number one comedy uh, place to go to. Uh, yeah. You know, everyone wants a special on there or wants to be on At Midnight or Drunk History or, you know. I mean, I still use the Bad Girls Club as my first credit, but Comedy Central is a close second. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still use Benchwarmers. Yeah. <laughs> I like using my embarrassing credits when the show doesn't matter. Like, oh, can I say comedy shows? Just say Bad Girls Club. That's fine. Yeah. Just that's that's good. I mean, I like telling people I'm one of the few people who didn't do comics unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> that's the real credit is not doing that show. Hey, uh, what, what uh, Earl? Uh, you uh, don't you uh, you read magazines sometimes, don't you? What's that magazine that you always uh read? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yo, those setups yeah. are the fucking worst. Hey, Earl, I hear you like hockey. Uh, uh, yeah, I told you. I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, you like it when the players fight specifically? Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that, please? It's so, it's ridiculous, but God bless Byron Allen. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I you know, it's funny. Like, I came in, I, when I started comedy, like, I started seven and a half years ago. Like, people were already shitting on Comics Unleashed, <laughs> and I didn't even know what it was. I uh, And so, like, I came into a, a, a market that was just already like, oh, yeah, we make fun of this. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched a couple episodes. I remember I was like flipping through channels one night and I saw uh, TK Madison, who oh. I started with. Uh, like, I didn't know any better. I was doing his bringer shows. And, you know, he was always very kind to me. Like, I mean, I, I look back and I'm just like, you know, I don't, obviously I'm not, I'm far past the bringer part of it. And I realize now that like, it was not, you know, it gave, it was what I, it's, I didn't know any better. That's all I'll say. But I remember seeing him on there and I was like, what is this show? And then I saw the way they were saying things up and i know all tk i knew all tk's jokes so i was like oh they're just like feeding him like now you do the joke right. okay well i remember i used to live in a building with byron allen's mom and i'd always see him there and he would like uh complain to me yeah man no one watches my show man i was like well fuck it's on at four in the morning on sunday dude like yeah you got a show who cares, yeah, who cares if they're watching it you're getting paid for it yeah, he's been a comic for like 30 years though, right? Oh, I mean, actually like, I have a lot of respect for him. Like, you know, he'll he'll do any show like uh what was he on Real People in the, like the 80s? I mean, that's like that show is way deep. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's like a variety show uh like uh they would do sketches and like f funny gags and he was one of the like the stars of it and then he just has developed this uh oddball hosting weird shows career and you know, I mean, I think he owns the rights and stuff. So he's that's where the money is. Like yeah, for sure. Owning, you know, I mean, I'm sure he cares if it's good or not, but, you know, he owns it. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's one of those things where people are like, oh, that show sucks. It's like, all right, well, I'm laughing all the way to the bank, dude. Yeah, absolutely. So, I get to talk to amazing comedians all the time and I get to I get to do it my way. And so. You know, it's one of those just like it's it's the whole thing of like, well, I wish I thought of that. You know, everything, oh, yeah. every time uh, somebody said something to me funny the other day about like about me, about how I roast battled in costume. They were like people that didn't like it, didn't like it because they didn't think because they were like, well, that's cheating. It's like, no, you just you just didn't think of it first. Yeah, like, it's not it's not cheating to to come out there and drop pour a bottle of water on yourself and whip your shirt off. Yeah. It's getting the audience on your side. I mean, I you know, know, I mean, uh, I know Joe Rogan. uh 
the night of my battle with Jesse Joyce for the, the L.A. Road to Roast Battle last year was like, well, it's kind of cheating, but not really. You yeah, know. but then he talked about you on his podcast about how great you were. So Yeah, so it's like, I mean, there are no rules with Roast Battle. Like, nope. You hug know. each other, original material, and like well, there are uh, just that you just hug each other, no physical violence, hug each other, and original material, and that's it. Other than that, man, if you want, if you want to come in, you know, repelling from the rafters, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would too. Uh, I have a, I constantly think, I always think about like, well, how can I like up by, how can I up the ante, how can I really make it like crazy, and you know, that's the, that's what people want. That's what the audience, if it, the reason the show works so well is because of all the pieces to it. And if it was just two guys throwing bars at each other, it just, it would be boring. But yeah. because of, because of coach T, the, the judges, the hater, the wave, everything, it all works together. Well, it's such a family show. Like we all root for each other on the show. Like coach T wants the roasters doing well so he can play the, you know, the right sounds and, you know, uh, the judges want the, the hater to do well so they can play off that and, you know, uh, everybody at every second is trying to say the funniest thing of the entire night. That's the beauty. It, it is an ADD generation show. It is. It is constantly coming at you from a million different directions and you never know where the next laugh's going to come from. And that for me, for, you know, the age we're living in where kids are just like, you know, I need it faster. I need it now. I need this. That show is a joke. Every five seconds, everything, everything that is said is a joke. And yeah. That's, I mean, and that's the amazing part of it. Well, there's so much pressure, like, uh, to be funny, like, cause I think there's always pressure though. Like that's just stand up in general. Like you just, you always want to be, you want to be the funniest person in the room. And so I think everybody wants to do that. And like, to me, you know, roast battle and, and stand, I mean, it, obviously they go hand in hand, but more so like, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's all about just being just presentation and likability and all that stuff. And I, uh, Part of me for a while, like the way I used to battle when I was so aggressive, like I couldn't believe I kept winning because I didn't think I was likable up there. And as a stand up, I think I'm fairly I think, you know, I'm I'm just silly and I'm energetic. And I I've, I felt like roast battle wasn't really I was surprised that I kept winning because I felt like roast battle wasn't I wasn't being that person. And like, I mean, you know, I mean, you know me outside of the ring. I'm You're just great. I'm just super nice and I'm I'm the most positive person. And then I just like I'm trying to always lift people up and make people feel good about themselves and that's why i love that that's become the thing that people know me for is people that don't know me are like that guy's a dick and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah pretty far from it actually well yeah it's uh it's like almost like an acting class where you get to engage in a wild fantasy of you know like what you did against Barker, like, you know, the wrestling character I basically do. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, there's other, uh, you know, Cena, who plays the Saudi prince. Oh, I mean, kills it. Where else could you do that? Like, you know, that's the best. That's the best part is just like I, uh, you know, before I wore that costume in roast battle, I wore I was I was seeing I went to Vegas for Halloween this year and I saw fish for a couple nights with a bunch of my friends. I'd never seen them before. Fell in love instantly. Um, and I was wearing that costume 
costume running around Vegas. And I loved it so much and I loved wearing it. I was like, man, I want to wear this. I want to get enough of a following that I could wear this to film like a special and nobody would question it and everyone would just think it was awesome. Right. Like, that's what I want. And then I had this realization of like, but I, well, I can wear it. Who says I can't wear it? And Roast Battle's the perfect stage to just do something wacky. Yeah, you and know? you totally threw off Barker. Like, he uh, he's probably, like, the best writer uh, in the show. Yeah. Uh, he really is. He's, like, his jokes are so, like, you know, clever and mean and, you know, uh, creative. Uh, but, like, you could see, like... He looked like a quarterback who was getting blitzed and like just didn't had no answer. Oh, it was so beautiful. I I, I mean, I, it played out exactly as I went through every option in my head of like, well, what could happen here? He could annihilate me by going off the cuff and really just like just make fun of what I'm wearing and what I'm doing. Or he'll just be so taken aback that he won't know what to do. And his jokes will will just reflect off of me, basically, because I have so much confidence that who that people are like, yeah, but look at him. I mean, you're making jokes, but look at him. Because <laughs> like, he's in jeans and a like you know a dress shirt, he, he dressed normal. Yeah, and uh, and then you were in character the whole time. Yeah, uh, I think you know it's 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 everything. I've always had a dream of like doing something like that on that show, and finally getting to do it. I think like I uh, I really want to see what other people do now. Like you, like guys like you, like you and Jamar and myself, we think so much bigger than beyond the joke writing. We really think about like how can we really make this a better show. And I think if more people start doing that and throwing variables into it, who knows? Shows need to evolve. You know, shows need to grow. And this show has already evolved so much in the three years that it's been around, but it only keeps getting better. And I think it's going to continue to get better as long as we push the boundaries and let it grow. Yeah. I mean, you, you just can't be two people telling basic jokes. You know, that will get pretty boring pretty fast. We've heard the jokes. The yeah. thing is, like, I can't believe. I mean, if you think about the amount of battles that have been in there, Hundreds. I mean, I mean, hundreds Maybe of battles. Maybe a thousand. Yeah, it very well could. Be. It probably is up to close to that. And then you're talking, you know, five to twelve jokes per battle. You're talking tens of thousands of jokes. And I mean, yeah, at this point, you've like they've been said. It's so hard to be to to think of like how many how many times do you write something and go that's had to have been said before, right? If not about him, then about somebody else. And I write that stuff all the time. I'm like, there's got to be somebody who said this, right? Yeah, I mean, and, it, you know, it's like you have to be so creative now against people who've battled, say, more than five times. Like, you've battled how many times? Fifteen. I mean, I've battled uh, 11. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, and there's Keith, people like Jay Light and Keith Gary who are over 20. Yeah. So, you know, the, the fat jokes against Keith are going to be like, okay, we've we've heard the fat jokes. Or against yeah, but Jay there's still the so many more fat jokes, aren't there? There's oh, always so many more fat jokes. And the age jokes against me, there's just a million of those still. Uh you know, like someone like Benji, who tonight, that's this will be a second battle. You know, there's no jokes that are going to be old on him because. Right. Exactly. No, he's 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 fresh meat. And there's a lot of and there's a lot to go off of with him, too. And people don't know, uh, you know, people might know him a little bit around the store. But a lot of those new the new blood that goes to roast battle don't know who Benji is. Yeah, he's comedy store royalty. I yeah, mean, he really is. He's been up there forever and he's awesome, dude. Uh always would say hey if i'm hosting come and all this before i was passed you know he'll he'll put me up uh so it'll it'll be uh 
fun. I mean, but I, he's brutal. He like, knows so. what you do up there, though, right? Like a little bit. Like, does, um, he know, does he know the extent of like how hardcore you go? Uh, oh, yeah. He, he's familiar uh, with uh, my tactics. I mean, uh, I was still on the fence about uh, an entrance uh, I was going to do, but uh, I've switched battle plans uh, for tonight. Okay. I think I'm going to save uh, my wackier entrance for another battle. Yeah, I feel like I feel like once you start doing entrances, you really can't go back to not doing them. You got to do something because it's also it's just another way to just have fun with it and just just make the show that much better is just, you know, I've I always ask people when 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 Jay Light and I battled, he did this huge entrance with like a Trump thing and all that. And I, he'd never done that before. But I loved that he did. He did it just because he was battling me. I love that he felt like this is the time where I can do it because Hooper's going to do something. So I should do something. Or you have to against you. Like you cannot just go out there in jeans and a t-shirt. Uh, Did you hear that, Pat Barker? You can't just come out and make fun of my job at Universal Studios Hollywood, the entertainment capital of L.A. <laughs> we could see a rematch between you two. Uh, oh, it very well might happen. You know, that's the thing. You know, that's the tough thing about the top ten of roast battles. Like, we all just want to battle each other. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing is, is a lot of, you know, a lot of times people will ask to battle me. And it's not that I just, it's not that I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't care about the status, honestly. I don't care about being, people always think I care about being number one. And to be honest, I don't, it's a, it's a lot of pressure up there and it doesn't, it doesn't mean I get, you know, it doesn't do anything more for me than if I was number 12, right. it doesn't, you know, nobody's going, well, this guy's number one. So we gotta, you know, we gotta treat him better. Like that's not the way it is. And it's just a lot of pressure. And I just kind of wish like, you know, I, I, so I, I battle people that are at the top because that's who I want to battle because they've earned the right to be up there. Right. And that's mainly what I want. There's people, there's people that have never battled before that I'm like, oh, they could probably destroy me that have never battled at all. You know, like I think about people like Alan Strickland Williams, who I've who I've asked to, who I've who I tried to get to the show early on, and so did Moses. He's just such a good short form joke writer. He could destroy, and I think he could destroy me. Like, um, you know, but. I tried. I tried to get a lot of alt people into it, and a lot of alt people just didn't see the see it. They don't. They didn't get it. Well, it's such a. Uh, it, it, it's almost like the anti. It's so anti alt that it's alt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Know. I mean, like, I wouldn't have thought that the show would have been a success at Riot last year. I thought, oh, this is kind of an alternative festival. They're not going to like us at all. We were in a packed theater. Right. And yeah. No, it. everyone was excited about it. Yeah. I mean, everyone and, gets. And, and you know, in Montreal, it's the talk of the festival. Yeah. Like everyone's are you going to the battle tonight like you know it's like no I, I remember i remember hearing different people that were like they were like i couldn't get into it and i thought like oh i'll just be able to go and they were like no 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 you can't go like like and they're like but i'm with the no you, no you can't get in here yeah i Which mean is, uh, you know that's 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 awesome i remember tom rhodes telling me he's like well i got in there i was like oh good you did he's like i just went up there i was like i'm tom rhodes They're like oh yeah you can come in it's like yeah you better have been able to get in you're a legend <laughs> like, oh tom rhodes is like he's uh, he'd be great at it oh for sure oh yeah he's uh, he's just he's just you know i find anyone who's legitimately a very kind person is very good at it and anyone who's just like is a is a dick in comedy like and or is a dick in real life doesn't end up being good at it because they have too much malice you know you can't have maliciousness in it you it needs to be a respectful you know fight you know, it needs to be like, I don't think, you know, I don't think Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson hated each other. They respected each other. I mean, after, you know, the ear biting and all that, they probably did. But well, I think, uh, yeah, you definitely uh, develop a bond with people you battle with. Like, 
It's because it's a hard. If you do it right, it's a very hard fucking gig. Like you write hunt, at least a hundred jokes, uh, you know, for each battle. I've never written that many. You, I remember, I remember you telling me how many you wrote for a couple of them, and I was, I was baffled. But like a lot of them you, were shitty. Like against Olivia, uh, for Riot, um, hundreds, right? Four hundred and six jokes. It's insanity. I think the most I've ever written is sixty something for for battles. But even that, even just that, I think a lot of it is me going. Well, I know I'm never going to use that, so I won't. I won't even write it down. I'm the opposite. I write everything down, and like, you know, our battle kept getting delayed because of, uh, you know, just various uh, situations that happened. That, sure, uh, we won't go into those, but uh, you know, I just kept writing. Yeah, I would say of those 406 jokes, probably 350 were horrible, you know, just hacky. But I that's how I write my stand up is whatever comes into my head, bam. And then, you know, a lot of my probably 90 percent of the jokes I write for my stand up are horrific. Do you think roast battles made you a better stand up comedian? It's definitely given me more stage confidence because I'll never be that scared on stage doing comedy as I am doing roast battle yeah for sure it's made me a lot punchier i don't want to go a lot of time in between laughs and so i i make sure that i'm very economical about my word use like um i mean twitter's been really good for that as well of just like no you cannot like my whole thing is the shorter the joke the better it is like i've gotten a couple people on six words right you know and like those are i mean if i can if i can get you in six words that's amazing like that's what i want i want short and sweet every once in a while i'll lengthen it out because i feel a rhythm that i can get into but i i love hitting them with really short jokes i love short jokes because i'm not a wordsmith uh at all so you know someone like jesse joyce who's like uh, he's amazing. Like, That's the thing, though. But 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 his his style didn't translate to battling. His his style translates great to writing for a roast when you're going bam bam bam. But in a battle setting, when you can when you have to when you're getting ba- when they're getting bounced back, it's suddenly not as much. But you know? I mean, like you saw in our battle, like I had six jokes in my head, and that was it. And two of them, not even sentences. They're like four words. Uh, <laughs> he had seven pages of jokes. But like, that was the. Pro- but that didn't work. It you didn't, know. I mean, you know, it, it, I think I had that was probably the battle I've had the best strategy ever because my first two jokes were like right for the heart. Uh, brutally mean and uh, it worked uh, so I just had he had better jokes probably but I had a better strategy yeah uh, which is strategy is is paramount I mean oh, it's order, joke order and building and all that I mean that is so important uh, and I, I mean, I spend hours just going back and forth on, well, what if I put this here? And what if I put this there? And uh, maybe this will work better. And, and I mean, I stress myself out beyond repair sometimes. Like I, uh, I really like my girlfriend has says this and she's like, Alex doesn't battle we battle like because I'm just, she can't like, I'm just uh, for those like couple days before the battles, I'm. I'm not the same person I normally am. I'm stressed and I'm freaking out and I keep, I I walk around saying the jokes and she hears me in the shower in the morning reciting them. And she's like, it's, it's something we do together, (laughs) which is, I think is hilarious. Well, you have to memorize, uh, not necessarily the order, but you know, one 
word fuck up ruins the joke completely uh you know and so that's why i think shorter's better say your jokes if you're listening to this and you roast battle say your jokes a hundred times the day of the battle never stop saying the joke and if you fuck it up start it over and say it again cleaner yeah, I mean, which rarely works. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, like if you if you fuck it up in your and you, when you're going over it for the day of in a battle, it's harder to do. I mean, yeah, you're toast. Like if you, and it sucks. You could just miss one word. Yeah, you're done. That's all it takes. For that joke. Uh, and if it's a one round battle, you you probably lost a battle. Yeah. Because uh, in a one round battle, if you fuck up early, then you have to hope the next person's joke bombs. Actually, their next two jokes bomb, so then you're even. Yeah. But then it's too late. It's so funny how, like, the whole point of comedy is, like, to not, to just be, to grow as a person and to not compete. And we have found a way, like, no, 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 but we're going to compete. Like, we're going to make this a sport. It's like, it's like, it's really like we've turned, we've turned a craft or an art into a sport. And I like sometimes that it is a sport. I don't always want it to be a sport, but the fact that sometimes we raise, we, we, you know, raise the stakes a little bit and go, no, we're going to go at each other now and there will be a winner. I think it's, I think it's really healthy to like, just realize that the competition is there because I don't ever look at comedy as a competition. I don't look at anyone getting something as me not getting something. I think we, you know, we're all here to do our thing and there's enough work for everybody. We're going to lift each other up and that's the way it's going to go. It's not a competition, but with that, it is, but at the same time, I really don't care if I win as long as the show is awesome. Every time I've lost, it's been a great battle, and I'm and I'm okay with that. If I lose, but the show was amazing, I don't care. I just don't care. I, like that's we did our job. No one's gonna. I always tell people, you're never. No one's gonna remember that you lost if your battle is amazing. I agree. That's no one's going to, everyone's going to remember how great you were, how awesome you looked. I mean, people don't like ties, but a tie in roast battle says amazing things about both of you. The fact that we could not choose. You were both so great because it's never, it's never a mediocre tie. It's never like, okay, you guys both sucked. You tied. Like it's never that it's because you were both great. I mean, I've often said that, you know, when I see someone bummed out that they lost in the patio afterwards, I'm like, dude, in five minutes, half the people are going to think you won. Like the, the battles are forgettable if they're good because you, you don't even remember who won. Like, yeah, I, I literally, I don't, I walk, I walk out of there and I just need to like be by myself for like a couple minutes and just like calm down. Like I got, I pretty much am like that with every show I do. Like after I get off stage, I need to just walk away for a little bit and just like take a lap and just get my head back thinking straight and like turn off my brain basically. Cause my brain is firing on all cylinders when I'm on stage and I need to just like let it go. And I think that's the most important thing is after a battle, just like let it go revisit it tomorrow and think about it but like for right now just let it go well yeah because when you're on stage it's not you're not just dealing with the other person no you're dealing with so many things then it would be easier uh you're dealing with the wave uh the hater uh the judges uh the crowd and you know now it's so big you'll have someone like ron white sitting in who's not necessarily a judge but he's gonna you know uh chime in with something great so it's like you gotta know when to be quiet I think that's why you and I are successful at it, though, is because we we've been doing, you know, comedy longer than a lot of the people that go and that, that do roast battle because because it is the best show that anyone can do. If you're one month into comedy and you want to do roast battle, 
Moses will give you a chance. Like you have an opportunity to go in there. And I don't think that's always the best idea for people, but because you and I have hit a lot more stages, we know how to play with all the variables and the factors in the room. And I know how to wait for when the DJ is doing something and the waves coming out. I know exactly how long to wait before it's my turn to go into it, you know? And I think that patience um, and that understanding of how to read a room is one of the things that makes us good at it. Well, you have to, because it's, uh, if you're just pigeonholed into, okay, say this joke right now, don't listen for their response. It's just, there's so much noise and interaction in that room. It's, uh, I think the worst thing you can do is cut someone is someone, someone says a joke and you don't want the audience to laugh as much. So you try to jump right in and say your joke. The show's not good that way. You have to let their joke breathe and give it the opportunity and let it do something. And then you come back. If you realize, okay, that did nothing. You can capitalize right now. Fine. But if the, if, if it's like a slow roll joke, which I love ones that I know are going to creep on the audience audience like you got to give it that time for them to hit it and for them for it to for it to hit them and for them to get it um otherwise you're just doing yourself and the other person a disservice it's not just you it's both of you guys yeah you have to have good uh chemistry with the other person uh which is why i only try and battle people i like yeah uh, because you have to like get into a nice uh give and take otherwise it's just you know, you know, you want the other person to be good. Of course. Cause you want, uh, you want, you want like whenever someone says, I want to crush this person. I'm like, no, you want them to have the best jokes about you that you have ever heard, but hope that yours are just a little bit better. Yeah. That's the ideal situation. It's not crushing. It's not annihilating because I did crush someone once. And honestly, it was fun for a little while. And then it wasn't fun anymore. I was like, this just, it, it just feels this slaughtering this person, like unnecessarily, like, why are we even continuing? Yeah. I mean, you really want the, uh, you know, I used to think, oh, I want the other person to be awful, but then it's harder for you because mm -hmm. they don't give you much to play off of. The crowd's not really into it. Uh, it doesn't make you look good to just beat the shit out of someone. It's like, well, yeah, well, okay. It's like, you know, it's like LeBron James going up against a, like a high school, <laughs> like it's like a Cavaliers going up against a high school team. It's like, yeah, of course you beat them. Who cares? Like there was no competition there. Which is why like moments like Lou going up against Tony, it was like, watching buster douglas you know it's, you, it's all it takes is just saying your your special sucks and the, and the room's just like yeah fuck you man <laughs> like and then they all just get behind you he's like well i have a special yeah well it sucks all right and then the, and then there's nothing tony can do in that situation because yeah. he just he looks like a bully no matter what and like the fact is you can you, you can call it he, he had a special he he has a special so you you can say well it sucks Okay, but I have a special, so no matter what I say, it's going to look like I'm just belittling you. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and there's no, you know, there's no good way to come for Tony to come back from it. And, you know, listen, uh, his special was great. You know, it's yeah. on the air, man. That's more than I can say for, I don't I, Having a Netflix special is a huge deal. Very commendable. It's, 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 it's amazing. I but, mean. That, but that's the greatness of the show. Like someone has accomplished Tony with his podcast, Kill Tony, which is a killer and, and like having a Netflix special and now headlining all over the country. You know, you walk up those stairs to the belly room and for one night, Lou 
Varham. Yeah, I think it's Varham. Uh, sorry, Lou, if you're listening. Uh, but for one night, Lou was an equal to Tony. Like, yeah. Here's an open micer for the most part. I, I mean, I, I don't like to say an open micer because that's dismissive, but like. I still do open mics. I, I do them every now and then, but let's call Lou an unknown comic. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and here he is for, you know, five minutes. He's on Tony's level. Yeah, for sure. And I think, and I honestly, you know, Tony is a really good guy and respects that about like he, he doesn't go, well, fuck you afterwards <laughs> to Lou or anything. Like, you know, I think, I think he gives props to the people that are willing to go after him. You know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I won't go after the judges. I'm like, not because I'm like afraid to or anything, but because part of me feels like, well, hang on, Alex, who the fuck are you to try to make fun of like right. these guys? <laughs> like, hang on. Like I'm, I am a little bit like of like, you know, I don't have the years yet to really go after, you know, Sebastian or someone like that. I'm like, no, that guy's a legend i'm not gonna go after him i mean for me it depends on who the judges are like if i know them you know i might like joe DeRosa. you know sure yeah i mean that what you and dosh did against him was beautiful <laughs> but we love joe like obviously i would like to have joe's career like you know so it's all done out of love uh, you know maybe someone like eliza i wouldn't because i don't know her that well yeah uh you know or she gets cruel up there well, she takes it very seriously which i like you know yeah. she'll give actual comedy advice yeah uh, um, I don't know if I agree. You know, she's um, I think she favors uh, the female battlers, which is fine. You know, uh, you know, I, I think one battle I did, she was like, well, you just said she was a whore. But it's like, well, she was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my my favorite. That was my favorite thing about battling uh, when I battled Leah is like. Like, you know, I see that all the time of like, oh, well, she's just a slut. She's this. She's this. this." And I'm like, I know Leah K. Janian is not at all a slut. Uh, I cannot use any jokes like that. I have to battle. I battled her like I battle like I battle anybody. I look at them. I look at a bunch of different pictures of them. And I see and I try to think of different things that I see in them and different things about them. And I don't I don't think, you know, there was nothing in Leah that says you should be making whore jokes right now. Yeah. But there are some girls who fuck a lot of dudes up there and that's for fine sure. for sure you know like and i appreciate like uh it's just too bad you can't go after a guy for that be like earl fuck so many women yeah the, the audience is like fuck yeah earl <laughs> yeah you get I him, dude? i'm good uh, <laughs> it, well that is unfair you know but you know it's like but you could do that the thing is you could you could craft a really good joke about about you being you know fornicating with a lot of people you could oh yeah if it's, it's just it's harder to do but that means it's only going to get that much more respect somebody asked me the other day they're like what do you think of this joke and i was like honestly man you're taking the easiest road like you're taking the the the, the punchline that everybody would take and what if you challenge yourself to think outside the box and go a little bit harder is it going to be that much better for you aren't you going to feel that much more accomplished Accomplished. that's like you know that's the biggest thing is like you should feel really good about the jokes you want you tell and you should be happy that you're telling them and you know a few of the battles that i've done where i said something that i didn't like it wasn't you know just i look back and i'm like i could have done better and that's really oh, yeah. the main thing is you could have as i could have done better oh i look back at every battle you know especially the two battles i've lost and go what can i've done like against saratiana i look back and go i was too easy yeah, I was afraid. Uh, uh, I thought too much about 
what the judges would think because I know her and uh, Sarah Silverman are very good friends. So I'm like, well, if I say anything about her looks, Silverman's not going to like that. If I say anything about her age, Silverman's not going to like that. So I, uh, I, you know, I, I, but then Mike Lawrence went after the age and Sarah's not old. You know, she's beautiful and she's yeah. great. But, you know, for roast battle, it's not compliment battle. Right. Uh, so, you know, I look back at that battle and go, I, you got to be mean. You gotta- have you ever, have you ever, uh, a couple guys, I don't know if they're still running it, but they ran a show on the East side called toast battle. I've heard where, of it. Where you, I, I did it, uh, once with, uh, Quincy Jones and, uh, he actually didn't show up because he, uh, wasn't feeling good that day. And so instead I just did my jokes about him, but they were all just complimentary about what a great guy he is but in joke form like uh yeah i said some joke about like uh quincy's legs are so strong his calves produce milk uh chocolate milk like and it was fun to write jokes in a completely it just like of like you start with a compliment but you keep the compliment a lot of times for a good roast joke you start with a compliment and then you twist it back this you just keep complimenting well, that's what me and Sean Halpin wanted to do when, before I really got into battling. I was like, hey, let's just fuck around up there and compliment each other. And Moses have, would have a heart attack. We'd, yeah. Jeff Ross would like fucking want to strangle me. But, uh, you know, because I used to do wacky battles. Like, I know Sandy Danto and Jason Tebow did a character battle. Oh, yeah, battle. the character battle. <laughs> and, uh, there's a lot of wacky stuff back. I mean, there's always things that I would love to do. One of my dreams is whatever they say, I just say the exact same thing back. Be like, yeah. Yeah, well, you look like you've been roasted at 450 degrees. I'm like, <laughs> more like you look like you've been roasted at 450 degrees. Like, and just no matter what they say, just come back. Yeah, yeah, well, you and just right. You know, I um, one of my friends one time uh, said like, why don't you just go up there and just just be like, yeah, well, this guy's a fucking idiot, right? No matter what they say, yeah, well, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, that would be hilarious. And honestly, I wonder if you can win like that. And then a few weeks ago when Joe McAvoy just kept calling loser. Jeremy Bassett a loser, <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. Just He just kept calling him a loser. I mean, three years into this show, I've never seen a comic get called back to the stage three times. No. No. And uh but that that's why Roast Battle's so amazing. Like Joe McAvoy, here's a guy who sells underwear at Macy's. Uh, used to be in the Ding Dong show uh, and it was really funny in it. But uh you know, there's a guy who would just get- a very odd performer. Just like, you yeah. know, like just a very like the most untraditional comedy that you could ever have. Like, a lot of it is like it's like it's you're not even sure if there were punchlines sometimes like they're just like things he says but that's like what's great about him and and other battlers like it's not necessarily who's gonna land the greatest punchline but your style it's your you know like his body is like he's got the weirdest body like his he's got like (laughs) he looks like he has scoliosis of the stomach and i'm not trying to (laughs) i'm not trying to like rip on him but like he's got like a like he's super skinny but he's got like a kind of a belly and his back is his back is concave not his chest and you think that this guy is going to be just murdered but he's almost got like that toby vibe of he's so like just there how do you roast him right he's just there like you have the hair and the skin i've got the age and a fucking massive head uh you know i mean you know there's you know uh zane pond is like you know 
big fat gay guy. And, yeah, know. everybody, everybody's got something, but there's definitely a few people that it's like, wow, there was really just not a lot for you. That like, just like that's that's but that's what that's that's what a good joke writer can accomplish though is like, yeah, there's not a lot on the surface, so I have to hit him in his fucking core. I gotta hit him where it really hurts. I gotta make fun of him as a person, you know, and that's 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 dope i like i that's when you that's what's really going to make you a good joke writer yeah is you know every time i think i've expended all like all my energy and i can't keep doing this and i I just i remember how much i enjoy the feeling of when i come up with that perfect joke and then it's just like oh you'll find it like you'll you know every time i battle when i'm when i start writing and they all suck i'm like you'll find it alex you'll find the jokes and then eventually then i'll do three in a row that i love and you know it's just just keep going yeah i mean it's uh it's such a creative show for your brain to just keep looking at a picture of someone and go okay what what can i pick apart and you know like i do the same thing like for me i look at myself naked and go what can they make fun of yeah that's a good move and then would you ever do you would probably do it the naked roast battle that they had in new york oh you you heard about that right I, i what was it again they had they had a naked roast battle last year in new york like just straight up full on naked. Didn't Ari do it? Ari Shafir? I think he might have. I think Big J Okerson was part of it in some way or another. Like maybe he was judging. But yeah, that's I mean uh, that I don't think I would do. I mean, I would uh I might do I mean, I I don't know if I would have have my dick flopping around, but like I mean, they had their dicks flopping around. I I don't know if I would do that cuz Ari Shafir's balls are just so massive. <laughs> But this is not, I'm not breaking news here. Ari's balls are like two bowling balls. Uh, and, you know, he's done some uh, origami on stage. Yes, I've heard about uh, the things he has done on stage. It's I've- amazing. Like, it's like it's next level. But I don't know if I would do a naked roast battle. But like, because I think like someone like you, you so embrace, okay, they're going to make fun of the hair. They're going to make fun of the eczema. But like, it's like when Olivia first started battling and, and she used to wear a lot of makeup. Uh, yeah. She knew the makeup jokes were coming and she's like, okay, I'm wearing makeup. Well, you should wear it, buddy. You know, yeah, exactly. Cause you're so fucking ugly. Okay. I'm not the skinniest person up here, but uh, it's weird how that show has made me feel more attractive. Even though people have made, have pointed out everything that's wrong with me. Somehow I've got, I've, I, it's made me completely, okay with myself like we're like yeah you said yep yep you said that too okay yep said that too and then uh everyone laughed at me and now i'm over it like i don't it's not this the self-conscious part of me went away because it all just got put out on the table and i was like well now it's out there so i guess there's no reason to be ashamed of it anymore oh i love it when people make fun of the obvious on me because i know it's coming and like it's just easy to rebut uh yeah you know uh, nothing better than a good rebuttal that's the best i mean i'm probably better at that than actual jokes but you know sometimes it's risky like against tiana and the that one joke i just just had nothing and i lost the battle because i couldn't get traction uh and you know i I got lucky against k trevor who's like a legend i mean that guy is like he would destroy most of the la people oh my gosh he was so good He's just in his presence is like he's larger than life and he's like a pro wrestler. He's like this big husky guy and his voice is like a hundred times deeper than mine. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I was petrified. That was probably the most scared. I was more scared about him than Jimmy Carr because like 
in Canada, especially, he's like a living legend. Yeah. So uh, I hope he gets to L.A. I would love to see him in L.A. There's so many people I'd love to see battle in L.A. You know, uh, Jimmy Carr, like, you know, uh, maybe a rematch. Uh, yeah, know, right. Kay Trevor. Uh, Tom Ballard's amazing. Uh you know i i look up i look up roast battle on the internet uh, a lot like to f- try to find like p- different pictures and stuff like that and there's all these like there's you know they do it in africa i like, saw that's a it's it's on tv on comedy central in africa and i remember looking the other day and one of the battlers was named deep fried man like i was like what the fuck is this person and he's on tv doing it like this isn't just like this isn't just like oh he's just some whack job that gets his opportunity like no he's on tv as battling as deep fried man like what does that guy do well that's like i mean the show literally is it's worldwide i mean because uh, everyone can roast like it's sure you just need two mics uh, M- moses or uh, louis j gomez in new york that uh, you know i was i judged uh christy Ciello's battle in new york uh, yeah. a couple months ago and it was it was kind of fun to see how they do it it's definitely less theatrical there uh and the the battlers uh they're a lot more. Uh, I think they take the critiques a lot harder. Yeah, I but you so know, it it. I think it's perfectly represented in New York and L.A. Like our different styles. Like where New York is strictly like we write, we have punchlines that that even set up other punchlines, and L.A. is like, well, we're a lot more theatrical, and we're gonna use what we do. And uh, and you know, for me, I've always been a performer first and a writer second, and my writing has caught up to my performing, and it's getting better. But really. I win uh, like I'm a performer and I want to go out and I want to just put on this amazing show and I hope my writing can keep up with what I'm doing as a performer. Oh, absolutely. And New York, New York, they don't, it's just, they don't, you know, I'm sure most of them would look at what I did against Pat Barker and be like, what is this queer doing? Like, this is not what this show is. And it's like, well, the show's whatever you want it to be, man. Yeah. There's, I mean, they're really outside of the, uh, no, no uh, physical contact and original jokes only. It's like uh, go big. If you're do whatever you want to do. There are there are if if it's do whatever you want to. I can't stress that enough. Like in all of comedy, the reason people make it is because they do things that other people aren't doing. Like that's the big thing. Yeah. You can follow what a bunch of people are doing, and you can get better and you for a while. But eventually, you got to be your own person. And my own person has a tail that lights up. And you know that's that's who I am as as <laughs> whatever you want to think about me. That's a lot closer to who I am than most of you will ever know. And I just I, when I got to the point of who gives a fuck do whatever you want yes i'm gonna wear this on stage at the comedy store the most famous comedy club in the entire world i'm gonna wear what i wear when i'm doing mushrooms at festivals and fuck it and i did it and i've never been happier with the performance that i've done yeah i mean it's uh i mean if it was just about the jokes this it would be roast battle would be a podcast and you have two people sitting in the studio or you do your jokes or you do your jokes all right who wins moses yeah I and mean, it's and there's, you know, the the top 20 are, are all amazing. You'd probably say the top 30 are all great 
uh, roasters. I mean, uh, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, it's what you can do in that format is it's, it's very telling as to what you can do as a comedian. I think like you can, if you can write those jokes, then that means you can write a really good act. If you actually spend the time to do it, you could have a fucking amazing hour. Like, you know, I watch people that have done 10 battles. I'm like, dude, take a break from this and go work on your standup. Go work on getting booked at more clubs and more rooms and really become a, a great comedian now because your writing is there and you just need to translate to something that's not so fleeting. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, roast battle, uh, you can't do it too much because, you know, I try and do one like every three months. Yeah, I'm like every two months. Yeah. And and uh, people will do it more than that. That's fine. But I just I need time. I need time to go be a person and to not think about in roast mode. You know, something weird comes over me when I have to roast and I get into this like kind of weird headspace and I've gotten okay with it because I've gotten better about it, about just learning to just like enjoy it and just try to let things go. But I definitely it really affects me. Uh, and I, and I'm trying to not let it anymore, but it does. And, um, you know, I always like, I was like doing as many actual sets leading up to a roast battle without actually running the jokes anymore, anywhere. I just, I trust myself on the jokes. I show them to a couple friends, but I don't, I don't need to go to them, do them at 12 open mics and tell, and have a bunch of people that are not as good at at this as me tell me what's funny like i don't need that i'll decide what's funny and then i'll throw it out there but if i'm doing good sets on good shows leading up to it my confidence is through the roof and i know i can go in there and just you know give them hell yeah i mean i used to do the sunday night mike but right before my battle uh you know because i figure well here's a room where everyone knows everyone you know everyone's gonna know who i'm roasting and uh i, I don't like testing the jokes out anymore i it doesn't it's, it's just it never feels good i'm confident enough you know and especially in a one round joke if, if you're not confident in a couple jokes then you're in big trouble yeah uh, you should know you should you should know what's funny uh, you know we, we've been doing comedy long enough that like when you write something you know if whether, whether it's good or not and i uh, do the same thing uh, you know throw the jokes out to maybe three or four people and you know it's like like this uh battle with benji the three or four people liked pretty much the same jokes. So you're like, okay, if it that's always a good sign. Cause sometimes you, as you send them to three people and they also choose different ones. You're like, well, now I don't know what to do, well, I mean, which honestly, that's a testament to you as a good joke writer, because I mean, if they're all choosing different ones, that's great. That says great things about you. It doesn't help you at all, but it says that you're writing really good jokes. But it fucks with your head though. Cause like, especially like my experience in Montreal with like Omid was my, uh, number one man. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, Doug Fager was like we would bounce the jokes off him and jokes Omid loved Doug would be like no <laughs> some of them and then it was like oh fuck like they're both great they're both amazing roasters uh, I'd be petrified to roast either one but who do I go with Right. Exactly. And in the end, you just have to trust yourself. Sometimes people tell me like, Alex, I don't like that. I don't like that. And sometimes I go, you know what? I don't care because I do. And it's the joke that I want to tell. Yeah. You know, there's always there's always I always have to let one go. I always find that there's always one joke that enough people tell me, Alex, just it's not going to work. Just don't do it. And I always I'm like, ah, but I just want to. And it will be my failure when it doesn't work. But there's always one that I got to let go. We have. To, I mean, it's the thing is like. You never know it's not going to work until you say it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, it's an unfortunate uh, way to find out a joke doesn't work, whether it's in the belly room or road to roast battle or wherever. It's, it's uh, But, you know, 
Yeah, you really don't want to bomb it on TV. That's for sure. Well, I've done it. And they, left, <laughs> they left the whole joke in. Oh. And Jimmy Carr's fans were like, I got one death threat. I got, oof, you fucking suck, man. And they're like, you know. It's 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 harsh when you start reading reviews. I stop. Yeah, you can't. You really you really can't. It just people are going to be like, that guy shouldn't have beat him. That sucks. Blah blah blah. Because honestly, people that don't, you know, people that don't know the show as well, they they see you going up with Jimmy Carr and they're like, well, that's he shouldn't have beat him. They're just giving it because he's an under. It's like, no, it was legitimately, you know, back and forth, and he had a flub too, or he had a, a joke that bombed. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know. Some people think it's just, okay, who has the best jokes? Uh, and it's not that. I mean, I think Jeff Ross says it before every show, and I think it even says it on Comedy Central's website. Like, you know, it's uh, criteria is uh, joke writing, performance, crowd reaction, and uh, judges' individual uh you know, whatever. And like in my battle with Jimmy, I would say if Sarah Silverman and Judd were judging, they would have voted for Jimmy. Yeah. And, you know, I just got lucky that uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, who I've met once. Yeah. It's not like we're friends. And I'd never met Seth Rogen before. Like, well, we like the performance angle of Earl versus, you know, Jimmy's better jokes. So, right. Like, you know, yeah. judging is so uh, off the charts. Uh, have you ever judged? I've judged once with the inimitable Gary Cannon and Steve Byrne. Okay. Uh, well, and I judged your guys' battle at the uh, Hammer. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, that's right. I it, judging's tough because I don't know if I'm supposed to be funny or just give straight like Eliza technical advice. I think there's a little bit of both involved. I think you know I I know that like for the inevitable day that I judge, I'll definitely look at the battlers before and try to write a couple like zingers that I can just throw out there. Um, because I'm not, despite what people may think, I'm not very good off the top at roasting. I, oh, need I don't time. know about that. I need time, man. I need to sit down and look at a list of information and try to be like, okay, write a joke about this. Write a joke about this write a joke about this but ju when i just look at you i don't immediately see things and like you know it's so i need the time and so i need to be prepared and i need to feel the fear and be scared and if i'm not then it you know that's it really it, it motivates me when i'm scared and that's my driving force in doing roast battle is i don't want to get embarrassed even more so than any even more so than a regular stand up show i don't want to be embarrassed up there um because we're also if you you know, that's you're also getting made fun of. You're not just bombing. You're also being laughed at. Well, because and as much as we both love the show, I mean, Roast Battle for me has been uh, it's my favorite show on the planet. It's it's been amazing for my career. Like, you know, it got me on a Showtime show because they were there. Uh, you know, the producer and writer were friends with Moses. And then who's this guy? It got me on a cartoon. You know, Tyler, the creator. Sweet. You know, saw me and like, so I owe Roast Battle the world. I probably, the only thing I don't like about the show is like you and I are loved up there. Yeah. We are Roast Battle royalty, but people want to see us eat it oh it's, for sure it's a freeway oh yeah uh, i remember when i when i told my i told my friend uh harry moros who actually is a guy who one of my best friends in comedy i sent all my jokes to him and stuff like that he's done the show a few times um but i told he told me he's like alex remember everyone wants to see you lose 
everyone in that room, no matter how much they like you, they want to see you go down. Uh, like just that's what that's what being the champion means. That's what that's what it means when you win all the time. People want to see you lose. Well, yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know. So my job now becomes, well, how can I make them still like me enough that they don't that I don't lose. Right. How can like how? And so that was part of me just going outside of the norm and putting on a weird costume and being like, well, I'll just be the most likable motherfucker on the planet. You know, this is going to be, this is going to be, it will be impossible for them not to enjoy what I'm doing up here. And then that's how, you know, that's how you do it. You well, just you have to be light. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, in, in all of stand up. Oh, gonna, absolutely. In all of it. They're going to they're going to instantly judge you and they better like you right away. Um, and, or, you know, especially the thing is, L.A. doesn't teach you how to be a headliner. It teaches you how to be a showcase comic. It does not teach you how to be a headliner because there are no 30 and 45 minute sets in L.A. It just doesn't exist. You got to go elsewhere and learn how to actually headline where you can actually build rapport so you can get in deep. But with eight and 10 minute sets. There's only so much, you know, you can't really dig and really get people to progressively think differently about ideas that you're trying to communicate. So you need to, for them to instantly like you. So there's trust built, you know. I like what Bill Burr says about like he likes digging himself a hole. You know, he doesn't want you to like him immediately. He wants you to hate him and hate what he's saying. And then he'll change your mind because that's when it's really, you know, that's when it really means something. That's when he has a good set. But you you don't have time to do that in L.A. Not in L.A. And not in roast battle like you. No, you don't. You can't dig a hole. Uh, you know, you got to like be somewhat likable to the crowd or, uh, you know, especially really in an undercard battle uh, or a special main event one rounder. Like you don't have time to get the crowd back. No. You know, and you better know the judges if you're going to give them shit because, uh you know, if they are not a fan of your zingers, it's like you need their votes. Yeah, I had just I had just submitted a writing packet to Nikki Glazer um, like days before she judged my battle and I didn't know she was going to judge it. And I and I still made fun of her, uh, you know, and afterwards she was very kind and she was very she was really cool with me. And she ended up uh, doing my show, doing Crave like a, a couple months later. But I was also like, hey, so I sent you a writing packet and she's like, oh, cool look into it but i was like alex you just made fun of her on a show people are watching she probably doesn't want to bring you into a writing team right now she might though i mean (laughs) yeah i mean you really never know you really you really never know sometimes people want that sometimes that's what that's what that's what wins you battle sometimes is just is is going against the judges because the audience likes seeing an underdog take on you know pros well, that's what happened in uh, the battle I had with Joe Dosh, but I was uh, my strategy was flawed there because I thought the uh, I thought the crowd was going to vote, so I thought, well, I'll just shit on the judges, yeah, and the crowd will love it. And then uh, I did that. Eddie Ift, I zinged him hard, and uh, Joe, and then uh, Moses was like, "Well, judges, who did you like?" I'm like, "Oh, fuck." Yeah, there's. I I remember I listened to that one like a, probably a couple months ago, and you can hear it, and you're like, "Oh, they're judging." Oh, oh. God. And Eddie Ift <laughs> was like, "Well, I was gonna vote for you all, but fuck you, I'm voting for Joe." I'm like, and I loved Eddie, uh, but it's like, oops. But then Joe came in with his signature, like, "Honey, you we stand together up here. You yeah. make fun of one, you make fun of both." Well, yeah, we were having so much fun that battle that. We, we stopped roasting each other like we just you know i mean joe dosh is he's a legend so uh, he's so great i mean we've battled twice now and so it's just like he's yeah he's just you know nothing faces that dude up there nothing no, i mean and he's just he gazed it up even more 
Yeah. Like he, he'll like <laughs> ball think, his elbow and put his arm like. I think that's a really good tactic, though, is just whatever you are, just be even more hyperbolize it, you know, really accentuate all the things that people are going to say about you because it takes it away. You can make a gay joke about Joe and he stands up there. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I wouldn't fuck you anyway. Right. And then you're just like, well, Uh, shit. Yeah. I mean, you really have to like just go full. You have to get into that zone and don't look back, you know, uh, you know, like uh, against Olivia riot. I just, I'm going to roast the crowd. I'm going to roast the judges. I'm almost not even going to roast her. And uh, because she's so fucking likable, it's like you can't be mean to her. Yeah. You look like a dick. Yeah, for sure. I did look like a dick at the Hammer Museum. I looked like a total dick. And I was uh, those jokes on paper. I was very proud of those jokes. But the the crowd was not having me making fun of her. They were not accepting it. They were like, nope, nope. This is a sweet young girl. And you should not be saying these things about her. Yeah. I mean, in the belly room, who knows what would have happened in that battle? Yeah, for sure. I think I think I would have definitely stood a fighting. I know I would have stood a fighting chance. I don't necessarily think I would have won, but I would have I would have fought harder. I wouldn't have felt like I was so like I got beaten so bad, you know, she's so tough because it's like um, she just embraces her roasting faults. I mean, she's beautiful and like there's but you know it's like you have to like who doesn't want a 21 year old girl to win yeah (laughs) against guys like me and you it's like fuck these guys dude like she's got this fucking switch where she will say the meanest thing to you and she'll do that smile and you'll she'll just melt your heart and go uh, how can i not vote for this girl (laughs) no yeah no olivia's olivia's great well she's great and uh you know she'll be uh, back in the ring sooner than later i'm sure and uh you know she's she's missed on the battle stage, but uh, she's doing great. So hi, that's, that's the thing is once you you know it's it's once you get to a certain point, you got to tone it down with battles. You're only going to get so much out of the show, and sometimes like if I get I've gotten like a writing gig after after one of the roast pals, I'm like I don't need to do this for a while. People and people challenge me. I'm like I can't do it right now. I got other stuff to do. Like I got you know when you start getting stuff from it, you know when you when I got road to roast battle, I was like that's cool. You know maybe I'll tone it back a little bit. Like now that I got a tv gig out of it like you know like i i don't need to do this as much like once you're only going to get so much from it and then once you're just doing regular battles again you got to really think about what your time is worth and as much as i want to do the show there's just other things i got to work on sometimes yeah i mean you know i want to battle i almost want to battle people who don't battle that much because then the jokes are fresh yeah. You know, uh i mean sure i'd love to take a crack at the belt you know because you know i'm an athlete so sure. I'm competitive in that, you know, fucking. They've talked a lot about actually getting a belt. I, I, they used to have one, I thought, in the early days. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe Meyerowitz, I think, let someone borrow his wrestling belt. Uh, I know they have them in New York. Uh, but uh, I just find that, you know, like I would love to battle Brendan Lynch, even though he fucking terrifies me because he scared the shit out of me. Well, he's so even talking to him at 7-Eleven the other night, you just saw this like 
American Psycho. Oh yeah, he's got a death gaze. He, oh man, when him when him and I battled, like I was sure I was gonna lose. I was just certain of it. Like I was like, this guy is a fucking. He's a short form joke writer. He's cruel. Even the, everyone told me when I was going up against him, I couldn't get any information about him. And somebody from San Francisco said, No, no, no. There is no information about him. He's been preparing for this his whole life. And I was like, Well, fuck me, dude. And like you know, my friend Josh Androsky was like, He's he's the heel comedy needs villains and he likes being the villain you know he's not a mean guy or anything but on stage he is that like he 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 will crowd work you to death and like he's not he's fast and he's not afraid to go after you and i was like i'm there's no way i'm gonna beat this guy there's no way and i still can't believe i beat him uh, in two rounds yeah no i mean he's uh you know like i don't mean anything i say up there like it's just cartoonish pro wrestling buffoonism but i get the feeling he kind of means what he says like if he says you suck as a comic i think he means it yeah so. i mean one of the jokes that hit hardest against me that he said was uh alex sells tickets uh uh during it sells tickets at a theme park during the day selling tickets how's it feel to do something during the day you'll never do at night fuck (laughs) that sucks dude (laughs) he probably has my favorite joke ever and it was against you the monsters oh i love that yeah alex has a theater degree i didn't know monsters university had an acting department (laughs) that is so fucking it's so funny mean somewhat silly but like super silly it's it's a perfect roast joke it's clean it's it hits me in all kinds of different ways it really like i mean man that one you know if if i hadn't beat him in two rounds he certainly would have beat me like that his third round was so good yeah so good he's just uh you know like someone like him i'd like to see up there more and there's there's other because you can only like yeah there's fat jokes about this comic and skin jokes about you and AIDS jokes about me but uh, I keep thinking you're saying AIDS jokes I well I do have it well I can't catch AIDS twice so, right uh, yeah just once age age jokes uh, I think I am the oldest roaster that does it a lot uh, other than Stephen Allen Green or whatever <laughs> yeah uh, so, well yeah I guess that counts uh, if you're listening Stephen you don't count uh, no I'm just, no Steve, well, I'm he, just, he had a good battle uh, a couple weeks ago and then I think he got a little cocky and he came back last week not so much yeah uh, you know but I I you know I got you got it it gets harder and harder to stay relevant in comedy. And if you're not a household name by a certain point and you don't have the clout to be touring clubs, you got to do something to stay in the game. You got to do something. That guy's name is on the wall. He is, he did his time. He did, he put the work in and he did what he was supposed to do. And now I, I totally respect him for trying to stay in it in a game that mostly young people are playing. And he got passed by Mitzi when Mitzi was firing on all cylinders. And, uh, you know, I, uh, was passed by Adam, but Mitzi was like to be passed by Mitzi when she was like, for lack of a better word, the she man. She gets it. Uh, I mean, that's an honor that uh, none of us will ever get. No, I never even got to. I never even got to meet her. Yeah, I mean, I met her once, and it may may not have been uh, in the in the greatest, uh, you know, uh, light. It was late night and all that, uh, but. Uh, but I've, I mean, I hear the stories of like, oh, that guy went on stage one time. Mitzi saw him was like, he's got it. Yeah. And then that was it. Then you were passed. And but, then now you're doing spots. But then like someone like Kennison was banished to the belly room for like years. Like, yeah, crazy. You think this guy was one of the greats uh, and 
he couldn't get past. And, I mean, I like that Seinfeld story when he when about him. Like every everyone says it likes you, so I'm gonna be the one person that says no. Yeah, I love that. And what can you do? Like she's like it's like, and this was back when there's basically uh, I don't know if the Laugh Factory was around, so it was pretty much the Comedy Store and the Improv. Yeah, and you know if you weren't in it either one, you're fucked. Yep, and then you never heard from Seinfeld again. Yeah, he did some TV show, but oh yeah, King of Queens, I think it was called. Yeah, everyone loves Seinfeld. That was the one. Yeah, that was it. Now uh, the tape is about to run out. I could go on for another two hours, so I'd be humbled and honored to have you back. Yeah, we, we can do it again sometime. This is fun, man. You know, it's free form, and I apologize about the four uh, devices in my uh, house uh, going off. I. I just switched to all Apple products. I just spent an hour and a half petting Earl's dog. So it's totally like literally just <laughs> I just gave I just gave him belly rubs the entire time I've been doing this. So it's been a pretty enjoyable time for me. Well, you're the champ for a reason. But, you know, I think a lot of people in roast battle specifically uh, could learn a lot from you. Like you got to be easy to work with. You got to be nice. Otherwise, there's a hundred of us who could take your spot. You know. Uh, yeah. Just that's the dude. Just be nice know. to everybody. Like just be be a good person. Like just be a good human. That's 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 the thing about this is like for me, roast battle is therapeutic because I can get, I'm getting it all out. But really, it's just all of life is just about being a human that other humans want to be around. And if you're inspiring people and you're kind to people and you make people's lives better and you put smiles on their faces. That's the only thing I ever want to do. I just want to make people smile. I want everyone around me to have be having as much fun as me, if not more fun than me. And I'm having a lot of fun and all the time. Alex is successful. Uh, you got to be nice in life. You roast battle guys, you know? Yeah. So learn from Alex, learn from Pat Barker, learn from, you know, others, you know, you got to be easy to work with or uh, guess what? You won't be on anything. So on that note, I like to end on a little negative note, but I, I call it negative reinforcement. Oh, please. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, HooperComedy.com uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Hooper Hair Puff. And uh, that's the easiest way to find me, everybody. It shows all over Los Angeles and uh, the country. Uh, so so follow me. Alex Hooper. He's one of the good ones. He'll be back. You know, uh, maybe if we ever lock horns on a stage, we'll do a, a post battle recap. It's inevitable. It, it is inevitable. I think uh, people, um, you know, the entrances would be legendary uh, and the uh, jokes would. Uh, uh, I can't say my jokes would be legendary, <laughs> but I would uh, give it uh, my best. And, uh, you know, uh, one versus two, it, it is inevitable. Now, they say rankings don't matter, but, you know, when it's one versus two, it's like you, you got to have it. But uh, it won't be for a while. But, uh, you know, hopefully one day because I will only battle people. I don't care if you're the best battler on earth. If I don't like you, and I, I don't want to speak for you, Hooper, but if I don't like the person, I can't battle them. No, 100%. I will not battle someone I don't like. Because then it's just shitting on them. Yeah. Oh, your girlfriend cheated on you, Joe? Well, hey, guess what, everyone? Joe's ex is a fucking whore. <laughs> what fun is that? That's not fun. Uh, so, uh, you know, Hooper's the best. Follow him. Uh, big star coming up. Uh, you can uh, see him on Road to Roast Battle. That's uh, I don't know when the episode airs, but it's in January. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm sure many more times after that. So uh, Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. It helps bump the numbers up to respectable levels. And uh, coming up soon, uh, we got Doug Fager. We got Kirk Fox, uh, possible Russell.
Russell Peters, Adam Egot, the talent coordinator at the Comedy Store. I'm working on some 80s metal guys. Stephen Piercy coming back for more with Fred Corey. We're going to do a special arcade reunion that'll never happen. And uh, many more guests coming up now with the new Apple podcast system up and running. Thanks to Brian Redband and Ari Manis.